Hi, everyone. I'm Josh. And I'm Jim. And this is The Dapper Meeple. This show is about our love of gaming, the games we play, and the gaming community around this passion. So pull up a chair, put on your Dapper Meeple hat, and join us at the table. Hey, kids, remember, this is an adult podcast and may contain adult language. Also, Dapper Meeple hat, not required. Today we're talking with one of our own local celebrities, Viva Valentin. She's a cosplayer, the convention coordinator for Dragon Shield, D&D fanatic, and a self-proclaimed nerdy lifestyle enthusiast. We'll be talking to her about representation in gaming, her own podcast, The Show Pal Show, and what it's like to actually meet Matt Mercer. Well, before he was the household name that we all know today. Hey, so grab your favorite stuffy kids and enjoy. All that and more coming up on this episode of The Dapper Meeple. We are fortunate enough to have another guest with us. Um, I met her, geez, years ago uh, when my daughter thought she was going to be a full-time cosplayer, and we got dressed up, and we went to Tidewater Comic Con, and we put together her Ray costume, like pre-lightsaber Ray, so we got to make her staff and everything, and uh, we met someone there. And, um, like we written, wrote back and forth for a while. And then as the pandemic happened, um, we kind of lost touch. And while we were up at PAX this year, yep. we ran into Viva Valentina. Surprise! So, uh, it was great. You were working at the Dragon Shield booth. Yes, yes. Dragon Shield. They are, um, for those that may not be familiar, um, it's a company that specifically makes, uh, card sleeves, yep. right? Um, really nice card sleeves too. They got a oh, lot of options. Best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening, um, yeah, but uh, we met up there again, and I like the first couple of days I walked past uh, the booth, and I was like, "Is that her?" Because you were wearing your ears. Yes, I always wear my elf ears when I work convention. That so. makes sense. Like that totally checks out. Um, hey, first of all, that's not how you say. You were like, "I think I know her," and my response was, "Okay, sure." <laughs> like, <laughs> to be fair. I'm more of the extrovert between the two of us, yeah. so I think I know a lot of people. Like, have oh, no. I told you about my new motherfucking best friend, Keith Baker? <laughs> Who's Keith Baker? Tell He's, me about him. He is the guy that wrote the Eberron setting, the Eberron for D&D. Oh, wow. He was at PAX, and we were standing in line at the uh, Soda, the Wild, Wild Bill Soda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And Josh has a backpack that holds everything, so we just clipped yeah. our cups on that. So I was like, let me get my cup. And I turn around and I go to unclip it. And there's this dude in this leather cowboy hat looking deal. And I was like, you're Keith Baker. And he said, yes, I am. <laughs> and we got to talk it live. And it was fantastic. That um, is neat. That's what's so cool about conventions is you never know who you're going to run into. And you never know who's just going to be like out in the wild. Right? Yep. Right? That's the best. That's the part <laughs> that I love the best. The year, be- the year before that we went in 2019, yeah. I got to meet Kate Welsh. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, oh, she's amazing. Like. Yeah, everything I thought she would be when I met her in person, it was great. That whole don't meet your heroes thing, ignore that. Oh, yeah. Chase them down. Oh, I mean, God. not like stalkery. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Chase them friendly, you know. So, uh, we got back to you, and we got a chance to talk, and I was, we were like, hey, by the way, we do this podcast thing now, and you agreed to come on, so. Yeah, I love podcasts. I'm so happy to have you here. It is great to have you. We've had a pretty good string of guests here lately. Like, everybody cleared up this summer, and we've been able to talk to people, so. Um, yeah, here you are. Um, I guess let's start with, 
let's start with what you do in geek. How about that? Like, cool. yeah. where is your where is your heart in the geek world? Oh man. Okay. Um, well, I can't answer that question without giving a little bit of my background. Perfectly um, okay. Go for that. So, so my name is Viva Valentina. I go by Tina. Um, I work for Dragon Shield, so I'm the convention coordinator. I um, plan our convention ex- um, appearances and uh, man and um, stock the booth okay. and sell Dragon Shield, uh, which are the best card sleeves for any uh, collectible card game, tabletop card game, um, Magic the Gathering, Commander players, we love you. Uh, Dragon Shield is the best. Um, so that is my uh, quote unquote day job. Got it. Um, but I started as a cosplayer, um, and I worked for the company and then, um, started getting in deeper with that. Um, and I still cosplay. I'm, I'm still cosplaying. You can check me out at Tidewater Comic Con in May. That's yes. coming up. Um, but then I also, um, run my own small business, which is the Stuffy Spa. Um, Stuffy Spa is a stuffed animal restoration business. I got my start on TikTok. Um, restoring my own childhood stuffed animals during the pandemic and uh, just kind of exploded from there. So um, where I am in geek, oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, one, stuffed animals. Um, always love stuffed animals. I, I'm, I'm a, the plushy queen. I, <laughs> I, I have mountains and mountains of stuffed animals. Um, right now I'm currently collecting Hello Kitty plush, uh, which is a very dangerous slippery slope. I don't suggest it to anybody. I was going to say that oh. stuff is all over the place. <laughs> there are so many, <laughs> and they're they're just killing it right now. Um, so stuffed animals. Um, I'm also like super into Star Wars. Um, that was one of my one of my first loves. Right. I'd say um, Star Wars, uh, DC Comics, Batman, Catwoman, um, and uh, fantasy sci-fi. Lord of the Rings was like. My very first, I would say, mm-hmm. thing, like, Star Wars, I grew up on. So right. it's, like, always been there. But the first thing I ever, like, nerded out about was Lord of the Rings. And, like, seventh grade, reading these books changed my entire life. Um, comic books, anime, getting into all that. Um, and then in about 2017 was when I started playing D&D. And again, changed my entire life. <laughs> I love how many people will tell us that. Yeah. Like, like D and D was such a huge thing. Like, uh, I know we've talked about it a lot on the show, and I've like I'm I've been a D and D player since ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the tail end of second edition, rolled right into third, skipped four, and we've played five pretty religiously. Four? <laughs> I know. I think. It, <laughs> I was in the Navy and deploying and doing crazy stuff, and I was playing a bunch of other systems at the time, like White Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I played some Lord of the Rings, uh, some of the other like D20 systems that were out there, mm-hmm. but just kind of missed 4. Then I was like, I'm going to get back into D&D, and I bought a bunch of stuff for 4, and then 5 came out. <laughs> so Now, which is your favorite? I really like 5. Yeah. I really like 5. Um, I think it lends itself well, well to story. With giving me enough freedom when I'm running a game that I can just like I can wing something and it's okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Like um, it works really well for me to tell a story, and that's the part that I love about it. Well, that's the whole point of D and D, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That whole the cooperative storytelling aspect. Yeah, yeah. So what got you? So, I mean, being a cosplayer 
like that's a huge thing in itself yeah. like that is Ugh. its own chunk of the community yeah i don't suggest it to anybody again <laughs> <laughs> cosplay is a very expensive ho- hobby um yeah i love it and i hate it right right i can i can only imagine because every now and then i'll get this wild kind of tear and i'm like i'm gonna do my own cosplay but i want to build like some like a Reinhardt suit or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you should start simple. Not my style, baby. Not my style. No, you can never just go small with cosplay. It's always just ugh. you always gotta like dye some fabrics or go out and and hot glue something or spray paint something at three o'clock in the morning. It's wild. I, <laughs> it's wild. I hate it. I don't suggest it to anybody. <laughs> I feel like we have a lot of things that we talk about on the show that fall into that category mm. where it's just like. I mean, you can try this, but when it consumes your life, like, I don't want you to call me back and tell me I was wrong. I'm warning you now. Well, I mean, do you really love something if you don't hate it? Yeah, right? (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Totally fair. Oh, man. Um, Oh, but what got me into D&D? So, yeah. what Did you start with 5th edition? Because 2017 was 5th. Yeah, so I started with 5th edition. I think it's the best. It's it's, it's been great. Yeah. Um, I do primarily play a lot of homebrew, um, but that's just... um, I get to play with a lot of really cool DMs, and mm-hmm. my DMs are really good at homebrew. Um, but I started playing fifth edition in about 2017. We used to have tabletop night at Comic Kings here in Virginia Beach. Yep, I know that one. Oh my god, and it was it was on a whim. Um, I had like dabbled in D and D before at like a friend's house, and um, I, I played with a couple friends, um, but never enough to really like get into a campaign, right? Or, like really play D um and i had almost like no knowledge of the rules no way of like playing the game like i was kind of going through the motions before but i didn't start playing until we started doing tabletop night right and right. it was again on a whim i saw it on facebook and i was like i'm gonna go to that after work like i'm just gonna go straight after work i'm just gonna show <laughs> up and it was like beginner friendly. You don't need anything. I was like, yep, I'm just going to show up. I sat down at a table and I looked to my left and uh, this girl, Kat, was sitting there. And I was like, oh, hi. And she's like, hey. And that was how I, uh, like, I had known Kat, but we had never really, like, been friends on our own terms. Right, until right. Until we started playing D&D together. And now she's, like, one of my best friends ever. So it was just, like this magical experience and then we fell into this campaign with all these new players and um it turned into a three-year-long campaign that nice. we played every tuesday night for three years that's commitment that's that's yeah. like mind-boggling now because after like we finished this three-year campaign in february of 2020 Right, right. And, and then the world ended. I was going to say, oh my God, <laughs> I think you guys are responsible. <laughs> <laughs> we saved the world. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but um, like now we're, we're playing, we're still playing um, over, over Discord and you'd think that it would be, you know, easier to, to play every week, but like not playing face to face just feels like different it is mm-hmm. i think it definitely is yeah so yeah I'll, those are the golden years three, three <laughs> year long campaign. wow that's i don't think i've had a campaign that's gone that long that i played in every week 
Like yeah. we have a group that we play online. Mm-hmm. So we do Roll20 in yeah. Discord. Yeah. Um, and we've been together almost four years now. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And me and him have traded off DM duties a couple times. Just, you know, but I mean, our longest run so far in a single run is like, what, a week? Or uh, fuck, a week. Um, <laughs> a year. Wow. We just do one week, then we have to take a break. <laughs> Shit falls yeah. apart. Our group really isn't organized. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a great group, though. <laughs> we're joking, but it's really not that far off. Um, but yeah, like, so we've, we've ran about a year, but we've been in a, we've had the same group, the same core anyway. Yeah. Uh, for about four years now. So, I mean, there's just something playing face to face to us for us is impossible because two of our members are out in South Dakota. Oh, wow. Yeah. We met them playing Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. We were I playing Xbox that. live and me and him were talking and he was like, man, I want to run D and D because, uh, that was right. Right. After I got into it. Yes. Yeah. I, I came in on fifth edition too. I'd never played before either. I came from the God, board game side of the hobby. So that's how I got into like most nerd things. Um, so, I wanted to run my own game because I was like, this is awesome. I love creating stuff. I love all, all things fantasy. So we were talking one night on Xbox and our friends were like, we want to play. And I was like, all right, there's a group. Uh, yeah. Go. But yeah. No, it, it's, it's a good group. We've, we've been together. We've had a few people come in and come out, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, we try to play every week, but that's the hardest part about D and D is schedules. Yeah. Yeah. It oh really my God, is. Yes. Oh my it's, God. That's the game killer right there. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We uh, we did our session zero. We talked about it for this one because we just started a new campaign um, that I'm running in the Eberron setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's like, hey, the thing that kills games is scheduling. Um, and we have two new people in. Um, well, one of them's not new. One of them is kind of my consummate DM, Leslie. Um, she's been on the show with us before, so she's actually playing in my game for the first time. Nice. So, um, and then the other is. Um, the woman that I've been dating for about a year. Um, she runs the D&D club at her high school, hey. but she's never played. What? Yeah. <laughs> so we got it. She leads others to a treasure she cannot possess. Right? <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to work that into the game, but I'm going to now. But now it is. Now it is. Um, so you start playing. Um, yes. You're with this group. Um, I know that you also do a lot of like advocacy type work, and you get out and talk to people. Um, I've seen you a lot, like I just um, like that we followed your Instagram feed and stuff, but like um, nerds of color and yes. some of the stuff like that. Yes. Um, I mean, I can totally understand why you would be involved in that. Like, but I mean, how did they approach you, or was that something that you were like, "Wow, I found this thing I love, and I want everybody to do it, no matter what." Well, like, um, so with uh, with like nerds of color and um. And my own podcast, the Show Pal Show, which is a Filipino cultural culture podcast. I've seen that one. We were going to ask you about yes. what is that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when you know, world was ending in 2020, and um, you know, you kind of have to pivot things, and things are put into perspective for you. Um. I had felt this need to kind of pivot what I do. Yeah. Um, cause like, yeah, I'm, I'm a cosplayer. Um, you know, I was like young and hot on the internet for a few years in my twenties, um, having fun with my friends, like going to cons, making costumes, just, you know, being nerding out, right. nerding out, loving the things that we do. But I realized that there's just like so many 
other things that I care about. There's there's social justice issues. Um, there are things that I want to do for my community. I want I want to celebrate you know my heritage. I want to talk about issues that matter. Right. And I realized that my whole shtick um, <laughs> or or my whole goal of of being on the internet or 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 having influence specifically is to make people care about these issues too um so like when black lives matter came out i was like this we need to talk about this and and we need to share this and and i want the people specifically that follow me to know that this is something that i care about and this is something that i support Mm. and i want to feel comfortable in my own space to talk about those things so when i kind of made that switch it was one making making my content more real and dear to my heart and also again cultivating that influence so that others will care about the things that i care about as well yeah um and lately too um i feel like I've been struggling a lot with my mental health and with grief. Right. Um, and that's something that like, I want to be able to talk openly about these things. I want to be able to share my experiences. Um, I, I want to be like, Hey, you know, I've been struggling. I'm, I haven't, I haven't posted. I haven't been, you know, doing the things that maybe you recognize me for doing. Right. Because things are changing and like, I'm getting older and I'm, like, I'm so old guys. I'm, 30. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That hey, sounds so dramatic. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't slapped a guest yet, but <laughs> it's an awfully small <laughs> table. <laughs> so yeah, like as I'm, as I'm, as I'm getting older um, and entering this new decade of my life, I am realizing like the things again that are important to me and what I want to talk about and what I want people to follow me for. Right. So again, it was really cool being young and hot on the internet, but like, I, I got a lot more to say. <laughs> right, right, right. There's, you know, a time to like kind of, especially, especially when you do get a platform and you yeah. do have people that follow you. You, I, th- I feel people have a responsibility to do something with that. I agree. I totally agree. And um, we've been, like, we put this together because this is something that we love to do. And we've had talked a lot about a lot of issues on here early on. Um, uh, just in our community, mm-hmm. the stuff that we deal with. Oh, um, yeah. Like, firm believer that everybody has a seat at this table. Yes. I don't care. Like, I mean, unless you're, like, a Nazi, then we're going <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> Only if you're playing a historically accurate if role-playing the, game. If you're in this box right here, then you can do yes. it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And like, I think the I think the pandemic did a lot for a lot of people. Oh, where yeah. it was like, hey, things change and things change quickly, mm-hmm. and you make a decision about what's important to you. And mm-hmm. I will say, as somebody that's forty, <laughs> um, <laughs> huh? yeah, um, getting older, you you start doing that and then like especially like if you have small people who you're dealing with as well like you're like oh i want you to do something with your life and i want you to you know enjoy it but understand that there are things that are important you know you got to pick those so Mm -hmm. totally agree so so how often do you do your podcast 
so we record weekly. <laughs> uh, we record <laughs> weekly and we interview um, just the movers and shakers in the Filipino community. We've interviewed um, actors, authors, activists, um, magicians, writers, all kinds of people. We've interviewed Dante Bosco. We, we've um, interviewed Carolyn Fay, who's the Lola from Blue's Clues. I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, nice. Some, some really, really big names in our community talking about representation and how, how important representation is um, and just really kind of demystifying our own culture. I'm, I'm half Filipino, half white, mm-hmm. and um, I've always felt this um, imposter syndrome when it comes to Filipino culture that I'm either not enough or I didn't get you know an authentic experience and uh, one of our main messages um, along with representation is that we're not a monolith so and and that applies for for any group for all nerd groups for for all nationalities for all ethnicities uh, but we're not a monolith and everybody has different stories and everybody has something that they add to it yeah um, and it's just been it's been wonderful just this exploration and this um, the celebration of it so, right and, and 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 venturing into the podcast world is wild so yeah it is, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so major props to y'all who edit these um i just get to get on and and, and talk to people and have a good time yeah but, so shout out to patrick <laughs> my kuya p um who produces and and um organizes our show pow show so that's awesome that's awesome. What's the name of it? One more time, just people. Show Pal Show. Cool. So it, uh, and we'll we'll. I'll put a link in the and things like that. But yeah, yeah check it out if you just want to um, hear us. You know, talk about talk about where we came from and talk about um, where we're going and right. just the really cool things that we're doing. Um, just in 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 all realms. Um, right. We, us Filipinos, we're out there. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I imagine the community is like pretty large here in this area. Oh yeah, I was going to say. They, 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 I call it I call it the Filipino uh, Asian Triangle because I live like between the the Filipino Convention or uh, Cultural Center, the Jollibee, and like the the Kung Fu Tea. Like there's this like triangle. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, I know exactly where you are because I live right there. Right? Yes, yes. So, so hit up Jollibee, hit up hit up uh, Kung Fu Tea, and then and then go to the Filipino Convention. Right. Uh, and for Kung those Fu. of you that don't know what Jollibee is, I think we have one of them in this area. And um, you can get fried chicken and spaghetti together. Um, it's fantastic. It is like Filipino fast food is the way they explained it yep, to me. Yeah. Um, and we, there was only like three on the East Coast. And Virginia Beach has one because Hampton Roads, are, the community is just huge here. And yeah. That's, mm-hmm. And thanks to the Navy. Um, and I was going to say. a lot of people here. <laughs> I love that you're still into the whole geek thing, even as you're getting older. Oh, yeah. Oh. Do you think you're... Do you think you're moving away from it at all, or do you feel like... Oh, no, no. I got adult money now, so... (laughs) We talk about that all the time. (laughs) All of us geeky kids that just got, like, the shit stopped out of us when we were younger for being geeks, now we've all got adult money, and now what are you going to do? Yeah. I think we're single-handedly responsible for doing what Marvel has done in the movie theater. I That's... Oh, man, yeah. I funded that. Yeah, right? I feel like I'm owed a severage check or something. Like, something. Like, I mean, I took a beating for you guys a long time ago. Just a little footnote in the credits. Yeah. Like, I'll take it. That's all, yeah. Yeah. So, no, but, like, as I'm, as you know, like, diversifying content, mm-hmm. you know, doing doing my own thing, getting on TikTok, like, things are just different. Um, but I find myself, like, 
doing doing more <laughs> um but differently yes and yeah. then yeah pretty much sums yeah it up. doing more yeah. but differently. that's a good <laughs> yeah, i think that's a really good way to put it especially as you you know i like you said as you decide that hey i also care about these things and i want to talk about them as well um so when you came into this i mean you've been a cosplayer for a while mm-hmm. um D and um you had a card game too, didn't? Weren't you playing tournaments? Yes. Oh man. Okay, so yeah, that. <laughs> we do our homework here at the Dapper Me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you guys are bringing up old stuff. So, um, I'll give you a little like background and how I started working for Dragon Shield. Um, I started working for Dragon Shield when they owned the card game The Spoils. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a big um, TCG player. Not a big TCG player. Disclaimer out there. Um, I played this game though, <laughs> and I loved it. It was it was debauchery and 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 wildness. But um, they produced um, the spoils, which was a TCG, and I would travel to um, the tournaments and things that they would do. Um, I've been to Origins Con with them, um, Origins Game Fair, and um, a couple different tournaments and stuff. And it was really cool because you know, like I, I'd fly out i'd wear i'd dress up in costume from the from the game and like demo the game for people um hang out and just be amongst people and i thought it was i thought it was super cool um and then they decided not to make spoils anymore which is you know seasons come and go with with tcgs except for you know magic that one pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah right the holy trinity um (laughs) (laughs) they shall never pass right (laughs) so when they decided not to do um, the spoils anymore, um, my, my coworker uh, and, and good friend Ian uh, was like, well, we're not doing this anymore, but do you want to come to Gen Con and work for Dragon Shield? And I was like, I don't know what that is. Sign me up. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that was 2017. That was the 50th anniversary of Gen Con. Yeah. It yeah. was my very first Gen Con. Um, I had just gotten into D and D earlier that year. I was I was stoked. I was I was like, all right, cool. Um, and and we we worked the booth. I love the booth. I just love talking to people. People love Dragon Shield, and they love telling us that they love Dragon Shield, <laughs> and they love hearing that they love Dragon right? Shield. So it just really started there. And um, over the years um, of working for this company, I worked for them for almost five years now. Um, now they're like, well, Tina, you must know what you're talking about. Why don't you coordinate the conventions? And I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah, sign me up. Right. So here we are. Nice. Um, I have a crazy story from 2018 Gen Con. This was my, was it 2018 or 2017? It was 2018 Gen Con. Um, I had just gotten into D, so I've been playing D&D for maybe about a year now. Right. And, um, this was the year that Critical Role had a merch booth. And my DM was like, oh, Tina, you're going to Gen Con. Like, can you stop by this booth and get me some merch? I was like, oh, yeah, easy peasy. I got you. Um, I went by the booth and I bought some pins and I asked the guy behind the counter. I was like, hey, um, do you guys ever do any like uh, vendor trades? Like, you know, I'll give you some merch and you give me some merch. And he was like, where, where are you at? And I was like, oh, I'm over at the Dragon Shield booth. And he's like, Okay, I'll, I'll come find you at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, cool, cool. And um, so I was like, all right, work the day. At the end of the day, everybody's just like, oh, exhausted. And 
this guy walks up and he's like, oh, hey, I, I got you some stuff. And I got like a map. It was like the map of Tal'Dorei, um, some like a critical role dice set um, and, and some other like little odds and ends. And I was like, wow, thanks, man. Like, this is really great. And I was like, can I get you anything? He's like, no, I don't need anything. And then I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. What's your name? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm Matt. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Bye. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love where this are, is going. You guys are realizing what's happening, right? So years later, years later, I'm sorry, I'm yelling now. No, you're good, you're good. My mind. Years later, Critical Role blows up everything like there's there's gosh they kickstarted their their thing this their, is before their the tv show yeah oh my god the tv show is just perfection i love that yep um i'm, I'm like looking at critical role and i'm like I, I know that guy i met that guy see it's oh not just me god. that says stuff like this it was matt mercer <laughs> it was matt mercer matt mercer gave me the critical role merch and i was just like hey man what's your name he was probably like <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's yeah. obviously he was like she obviously doesn't follow yet um, yeah and and, and I, I had never seen a critical role episode of, like uh, i i was a baby D D person right like, i didn't know <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah so that's how i inadvertently met and did not recognize matt mercer so. right right but now but you can tell people i've yeah. met matt mercer Face to face, like we were right here, and and I was asking, I was like, "Hold up, that were they there?" And then somebody had told me that, yeah, they were there that weekend at that Gen Con twenty eighteen, and they were probably working their booth because they were so new and right. they, they had just mm-hmm. kind of started or they were just getting popular. I was so going to say, like, I think that was right about the time. And look. Because they were with Geek and Sundry at first. Yeah. And yeah. then they decided that, because Felicia Day was the one that was like, hey, you should come play your game. And they're like, nobody's going to watch us play D&D. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> Jump to a $12 million <laughs> <Yeah>. Kickstarter later. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, nerds were a little. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, I remember when they first came on the scene. Like I said, I've been playing for a while. And I have always been a, hey. Like, do you want to learn to play? Like, I will teach you to play. Like, I was a pusher for a while. Like, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> and, sit down with me. Play a game. Right? And the difference for, again, somebody that's older. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I almost I almost remember the satanic panic, all right? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I was on the outside at that time because that's a long story. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, the difference between now and then is so night and day because I have so many people that like will come up to me and be like, because I'll wear my hat or something, or I'll have like my D and D lanyard on or something. Like, wait a minute, you play D and D? Like, how do you how do you play D and D? And I yeah, was like, like well, I want to try. Come on, come on! You're like leaving breadcrumbs into <laughs> yeah. the cave and stuff. Like, come on! Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I mean, it is so more open. It's so more accessible um, to everyone uh, now. With that, you get a influx of people and. Um, there's no way to know. There's no way to filter out people that are going to be negative for the hobby. Um, but I know we do have tons, um, <laughs> tons. There's still the old guard and. Well, yeah. I'm mean, last year, like Ernie Gygax Jr. gets on a podcast and starts talking about like we want D and D the way it was, you know, when it was all men and blah blah blah. It's like, oh, hey, no. the whole community yeah. collectively was like, hey man, f this guy. Yeah, not make D and D great again. Right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
have you, I mean, have you ran into it or have you felt like you've had a pretty good transition in? I, yes. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't think I hit any, any barriers really with, um, with getting into D and D and getting into tabletop as a, as a whole. Um, I'm trying to remember back to like when I first started cosplaying, there was a lot of like, um, there was a lot of kind of that gatekeepy yeah. and like there was still a lot of like creeps at conventions like cosplay is not consent was just like an idea right yeah. it wasn't like a widely adopted policy by a lot of conventions so like you still got like instances where like friends of mine got groped at conventions and and like uh people you know walking up to you and being like cool costume like did you do you know who you're cosplaying? Like things Does like that. Does that happen? Yeah, that happened. And, and honestly, I haven't seen it for years now. We're getting better. We're trending. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that you know people are catching on and be, like the the old guard is dying. Um, yeah. Quite literally. Um, <laughs> but like people are just getting better about it and, and 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 letting people be nerds and letting people enjoy the things that they enjoy at the level that they enjoy it. Yeah. So I've yeah. noticed just from. Being, being a cosplayer for 10 plus years, uh, being so involved in, in conventions and then being so involved in like different different forms of nerddom, right. um, that it really is getting better out there. Good. And we love to see it. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're still, we still have to have the, the combat wheelchair discussion apparently like every six months. Um, yeah. Oh, you- <laughs> what? <laughs> explain you there is a uh there's a discussion out there about um characters that are disabled mm-hmm. and there was one and i i don't have her information but i will make sure to put it in the show notes um there was one artist um and i want to say she's from england we talked about it in the show that we did um that basically designed the rules for a wheelchair in D. Wow. and there are people that were like oh that would that would like that that doesn't fit like what <laughs> like <laughs> what like but- yeah yeah, you can't have that. How are you going to get a wheelchair through a dungeon? You're playing a game. First of all, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. quote Preston, let's bring everything back and remember that this is all make-believe. Yeah. You're playing a game where you believe that your character can speak to a god, and from that god, you're allowed to cast magic spells that make things explode or levitate or wind or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you think a wheelchair is too much? <laughs> Ugh, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't possibly have a combat wheelchair oh. or all-terrain wheelchair. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's that's so. I I just I don't understand that logic of like, oh well, well yeah. this exists in real life, but why do we have to talk about it? Why is this important in my fandom? Why is this important here? And like again, representation matters, yes. and it's like if you can't like. You, you don't know what it's like to be bound to a chair and you don't know what that means to someone who who can then be a hero in the game that they play with that chair like right. it, it, it's monumental for people and it's like how, why would you shit on that i don't i think it's I like you said it's logic it's some of the leftover it's some of the old guard that's still around or some of the people that just like we talk about it like we're too like cis straight white guys like there's a limit on how much i'm going to understand Mm -hmm. without taking the time to talk to somebody who is different absolutely and that also limits my stories and i don't want to like 
No, I want the big stories. I want all of it. You know, yeah. I just, I don't understand it. Um, and like we've talked about, if that's the thing that you draw the line on, how shitty of a human being are you being right now? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, like you said, exploding uh, pepper boxes and, and <laughs> dragons and, and, and shape shifting. But yeah. oh, God forbid, like somebody with a disability, like, oh. And that's, that's where you're going to draw the line. What, um, what is your favorite cosplay that you do? Oh man! Um, oh, do we need to, do we need to make it a top three? Top five? <laughs> well, it's like it's been so long since I've cosplayed, and it's been so long since I've made something. Um, I think one of my my favorite cosplay of all time that I've ever done is uh, Star Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, from DC mm-hmm. Comics, um, it was one of the first cosplays that I ever made uh, from scratch. Um, and I learned a whole lot, and um, she's just a character that I always loved and identified with, and, and like fighting, kicking ass with my hair down, like that's just ugh. And and DC has a way with the badass brunettes that um, I just gravitate towards. So like, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, so Star Sapphire, um, any iteration of Zatanna, I absolutely love. Um, I've made like three different Satana costumes. Right. Um, so that's probably my top three right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I think the most fun that I have in costumes usually when I'm um, cosplaying like either Katana, Melina, or Jade from Mortal yes. Kombat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made like versions of their costumes, and I just I always have I always have fun. Um, being badass in, in costume so uh, when i was a, a kid like that was what we played live action like we played mortal Kombat in the backyard nice and like, nice. on the yeah. trampoline like we had special moves and stuff so like that costume katana specifically was like a dream come true for me like this was like my childhood dreams actualized so. that's nice <laughs> awesome i know that a lot of people that i've talked to talk about like there's a lot of power in cosplay yeah. for people yeah. um like you do, you get to, like all the heroes that you grew up with. You can go be that hero. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like it's it's empowering in that way to to embody your character. Um, and I always found uh, a lot of self fulfillment in making my costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't believe that um, that cosplay is is limited in any way so like if you don't make costumes if you buy costumes if you like closet cosplay that's all valid that's all you know valid me personally i I like to make things i like to sew things um so i do find a lot of fulfillment in that but um like that in no way limits anybody else's experience sure because that like just the act of going out and wearing and having fun Mm -hmm. in a costume is is cosplay Right. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> whatever, whatever you enjoy, you do you, boo boo. Exactly. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, so I know making them is like there's a skill set to this, and it's varied, right? Varied, I mean, you're yeah. talking sewing, like you said, dyeing cloth. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're making anything that even looks like metal or armor, you've got to know how to wear all that. Foam, three D printing, right? Cardboard, like egg cartons, beer boxes, like you see. The variety of what you can do, uh, which I think is is one of the most amazing things about cosplay, because like you can you can spend six months, you know, three D printing and designing or using Warbla to make make a whole armor set, right? Or 
you can spend an afternoon or a late night, you know, whittling something out of cardboard. Like either way, it's it's still so much fun. Right. So fulfilling and and just like that that's the magic of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever just kind of get to that point where, like you've spent all this time building it and you get done and you finally stop and look in the mirror for the first time? Like is that something for every cosplay you do? Like uh-huh. I can only imagine um like I said the only cosplay experience I had was when my daughter was like, hey, I'm going to do this. And I was like, all right, here we go. Amazing costume. Thank you. You did a really good job. <laughs> so I was, sewing, I was sewing the pants or the shirt or something. And she comes over and she's like, I didn't know you know how to sew. And I was like, well, that's because you're 10. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the first time that she put it on and we did her hair and everything, like I could just like, you could see that spark. Yeah. And like, yeah. if you, I don't care how you enjoy it. Like you said, buy the costume, make the costume, whatever. To transform into that someone else that you want to be, yeah. like that just feels like that would be so empowering for people. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you, it's like a, it is like a bat signal in the sky, a beacon to your fellow nerds that you love this thing, and come and talk to me about it. Right. Not don't quiz me. Don't 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 try to right. nerd check me. But right. Like, come talk to me about it. Come like let's take pictures. Let's let let's do poses. Let's let's geek out. Let's cry together about like the last issue. Like you know. Yeah. It, it's it's that rallying cry. It's that it's that beacon to your fellow nerds to to find your people and it again it cosplay changed my life. So that's awesome. I love that. And and you mentioned earlier, like, oh, that's when my daughter thought she could be a professional cosplayer. It's like, well, you can that's that's you can really do that. <laughs> um, things have changed just so much in in the years that that I've been cosplaying as a kid. It's like over ten years, um, and I feel like I've had my own like delusions about it. Right. Like, um, when you when you find your place when you find your people when you find your voice and 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 your own spin on things then you can turn it into something and and there's so many different opportunities where you can like for example i have the job that i have now because i started as a cosplayer for a company right and and worked my way up and you know i had other professional skills that i was able to bring to the table but like i developed those skills working a nine-to-five job and then you know, fucking off with my friends on the weekends right. in costume. Like, <laughs> um, so there's, there's ways to do it. And, and I, I, I wouldn't limit anybody in that way. Like That's, yeah. there, there's so many different avenues to quote unquote, be a professional cosplayer. And then even if you're not, there's still ways to enjoy it and do it while pursuing other things. Yeah. 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 So. I'm always hoping that she'll kind of come back. Like we play board games and stuff here at the house and she's played D and D with us mm-hmm. and she's got such a great imagination. Mm-hmm. She's a little mean sometimes. <laughs> like my goal is for her to make it through high school without stabbing anybody. Oh, like that's, gosh. that's which if she's got a valid reason. I'm going to hear her out, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so I'm always hoping that she will come back and do something because she is incredibly creative and mm-hmm. stuff still. So like she's in that group where it's like, all right, geek is okay, but we're not there yet. So oh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> So how much of that did you bring over um, when you started your own business? I mean, I imagine that the skill sets cross over pretty well. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned. So so when I when I restore a stuffed animal, um, there's so many like, techniques and th- that um, 
there's hard skills. So I, I'm a self-taught seamstress. Um, thanks YouTube. Thanks Charlie right, yep. Aaron. Thanks mm -hmm. crying at like 3 a.m. over a costume. <laughs> Ugh, I hate cosplay. Um, <laughs> um, so a lot of those like hard skills, you know, transferred over. Um, and if it if it wasn't something that I I necessarily needed to know, it was like a starting point for what I needed to learn. So Got like it. yeah. For example, I use the ladder stitch when closing up stuffed animals. It's like a blind stitch, a slip stitch. I knew that there was a stitch you can do to make the seam invisible. Right, So right. I was like, okay, I have to learn how to do this. So I taught myself how to do it. And then I was like, I need to add fabric here. Right. There's a hole. How do I, you know, and then like googling it was like adding fabric to a hole and it was like do you mean darning and i was like yes thank you Google. <laughs> this is what i need to learn so it was a really good spot to like start and and, and pivot into different you know obviously different techniques sure um i love i love telling people i'm like you know i i'm a seamstress i have five sewing machines that did all the work for me <laughs> did all the work for me um <laughs> like i used to like ugh, I have to hand sew something like what am I a peasant like, right. is this the Victorian age like what is this they had sewing machines in the Victorian age um and now I like almost exclusively hand sew and I'm like oh no I need my hands I trust my hands like oh, I have to sew this on my machine like it's it's completely no, it's 180 completely, now <laughs> completely flip-flopped but I'd say like the major lesson I learned from cosplay that translated over into stuffed animal repair is that like that idea that you can do anything yeah there, there's a way and not just one way there's many ways and there are many different um, techniques and materials that you can use to to achieve your goals right. so like that that kind of uh, troubleshooting and um, that exploration phase is what I love the most about whenever I get a new stuffed animal. Because no matter how messed up your stuffed animal is, is these <laughs> things love to shreds. I was going to say. Shreds. And I, I always tell people, like, one of my stuffy spa slogans is, like, you know, nothing is ever beyond repair. Anything can be fixed. And I mean that wholeheartedly because there's just always something that you can do. Right, and I right. learned that through cosplay. I learned that in, in, you know, how do I put these two things together? You know, like if I can't sew it, my machine's not working, my serger broke a needle, hot glue it is. You know, there's always a way. Like, oh, God, don't ever hot glue your fabric. That's just an example. I hate <laughs> hot gluing fabric. Um, <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. Um, but there's a way to do it. Right, right. <laughs> it's an option. It's an option that's out there. So, um, yeah, that that really translated and um, and helps helped me um, develop the process that I do for stuffed animals. And oh, it it it's such like a, a such a different art form I'd sure say. Um, that's a good way to put it i've watched some yeah. of the videos <laughs> like just the restoration videos that you've done and i mean some like you said love to shreds is <laughs> oh my gosh and then when you're finished with them though like i mean some of them look brand new and, and it's always really exciting um it's it's exciting for that uh to to see the transformations that that can occur 
Um, but it, it is very much um, a personal thing uh, for people. Sure. And I, every day I'm just like mind blown that, that I get to do this at, for a living yeah. as a job. This is this is my this is my career. This is a business that I have built. Um, is that I get I get to help people hang on to their comfort items. Yeah, and these mm-hmm. things are magical, like magical in the most like like magical in, in the most magic way. Like right, you have poured your heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this this item, and when I unpack these stuffed animals, like I can feel that, like yeah. I can feel, you could tell like where the seams have come undone, where, where the fur has been rubbed off that there, that you can't help but feel the love and feel the magic. And, and I, I feel like a gremlin sometimes. I'm just like, yes, give me your loved one. Like, let me feel the magic. Like, I, I, but it really, it really is that I'm just cackling in my workshop. Like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> get That's to cuddle fantastic. this bear. But then I get to wash them and fix them and I give them back their, their memories and their magic and a little, um, a little heart with their old stuffing and I get to send them back home. So it's, it's also like, I've, I've like conned my way into being a stuffed animal, um, foster mom. Right. (laughs) That's great. I I have mountains of stuffed animals of my own stuffed animals and I, I really shouldn't get more. But please send me your stuffed animals so that I can love on them. You'll get them back, I promise. But right, like, right. Let me love on them. Let me let me enjoy enjoy them and, and, and feel feel the magic that you have shared with them. And then you can have them back. <laughs> I love it. And I can only imagine, like, I didn't realize, but stuffies are like a whole other set of the geek community that, oh, I, again, man. something that I never got into. Oh, like, yeah. I had like one or two. My mom made me some when I was a kid. Where are they at? Uh, cool. Easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> if they still exist, they're in a house in North Carolina. I will be sure to send them to you. Um, she made me pound puppies when I was a kid. Oh, she had, oh, yeah, and I had like all different sizes. It was crazy. I had them in camouflage. I had them in like blue. I had them in like it was yeah, it was wild. It was wild. I had a couple of penguins too. I don't know where oh, they went man. to, but yeah, there is something about it. Like even thinking back on it now, like I remember a lot of stuff you forget about being a child, but I remember having those. Right. You know, so. Core, core memories. Absolutely. And, and like, like, there's so many different levels to it. Like, there's, there's stuffed animals if they were, like, if you've had them for years. There's the bond that you have made yourself with those stuffed animals. But then there's, like, you know, stuffed animals that you've gotten from loved ones, stuffed animals that you've gotten from friends. It just adds more and more layers to it. And, like, like, this morning I was feeling really sad and like I, t- I remember texting my husband he's like hey and I was like hey I need a hug he's like where's your bear you have so many stuffed animals and I was like dang yeah you right yeah right <laughs> so I, I just got up you know got some squeezes in you know and I felt so much better I went back to work and <laughs> that's awesome that's such awesome. a simple such a simple thing can bring layers and dimensions and dimensions of love and, and joy and comfort so right. it, again i'm just uh, i can't believe this is real life <laughs> right i also love that you have somebody that gets you like where's your bear at yeah you're oh, right yeah you're right <laughs> my, my husband knows that stuffed animals are my love language that's awesome that's like yeah that, that that's the standard in my home so. 
<laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, it has been great just being able to sit down and BS with you and get oh to hear gosh. about the stuff that you love. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the whole point of us having people come in. Because, like, I like doing the podcast with my brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, man, like, hearing what other people get to do, like, hearing, you know, your experiences and stuff is, I mean, just such a joy for us and yeah. makes us love this community that much more. So thank you so much for coming Ooh, in and taking so the time. for having me. Thank you for, thanks for letting me nerd out. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even, we not once talked about Catan. Um. Oh my gosh. Believe me, if we need a follow-up episode, we'll totally schedule one. All <laughs> yeah. right? Can we, yeah. can, we, can we have an episode where we just talk about Catan? Sure. Can we have an episode where, where we play Catan? We actually, we're working on that. I'm working on a camera over the table right now. (laughs) I'll come back for that. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Viva Valentina. Um, So where can people find you if they're looking for you online? Awesome. Well, I am primarily on TikTok and Instagram. You can find me at viva.valentina. I'm also on Twitter and chess.com at vivavalentinaxo. Um, So yeah, I'm not really on Twitter that much, but if you want to like, I don't know, shoot the shit, like tweet me. Um, tweet me. Is that is that how that? we do it? That, uh, I'm horrible do at Twitter. Don't do that, yeah. <laughs> um, or if you want to play a game of chess, I I'm, I'm, that's another tabletop. Sure, game that counts. That I'm just yeah. like, super into. Um, yeah, I love playing chess. So find me on chess.com. I can I can play some chess. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> um, and the stuffy spa. Does it have its own? And the stuffy spa. No, um, most of it's all on viva.valentina where okay. you can learn more about what I do and a little bit more about um, how I started my business um, and on uh, www.stuffyspa.com stuffy is s-t-u-f-f-i-e mm-hmm. spa s-p-a dot com sounds good I will make sure to put that all in my show notes <laughs> so they can you guys can click on it from there we're going to set up and we're going to do some know your character Hey, so next up on the Dapper Meeple, we're doing Know Your Character. So, Viva Valentina, we invited you to bring your favorite D&D character along. So, uh, let's start with character name. So, my character is uh, Farron Woods and Twilight. Farron Woods and Twilight? Farron Woods and Twilight. Got it. Named after Farron, the Farron region in Zelda. And the name Um, came from the Zelda wikipedia page talking about Farron woods and twilight princess very nice um, she's a tabaxi um and they have very uh, naturey names sure and mm-hmm. very descriptive names so Farron woods and twilight fit the bill that works out really well i <laughs> yeah, like it yeah i like it um and she is a fifth edition D&D? yes fifth edition what setting has she been in multiple settings um we played a uh, Taldorian. Okay. So we did. Uh, I think we were primarily there. Okay. It's been so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Race. She is a Tabaxi. Okay, you said yes. Which for I mean, if somebody's not playing, uh, Tabaxi are cat people, right? Um, for Farron specifically, she's more like a cat satyr, if you would. 
like um so my vision of her was like of she's more less of like a Khajiit and more of a Warren. Uh Warrens are from Breath Fire. <laughs> the Breath of Fire video game series. <laughs> so they they're like cat people but they have like human like features. Sure. They're they're more like anime cat girls than than uh Khajiit. are. Okay. So. I like that. I love that we I always love when we get to like explain something new that there's people out there like you probably won't know this but here's what it is yeah yeah. (laughs) someone out there is gonna be like oh yeah Breath of Fire yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so class uh, so her class class Um, so she started as a rogue Mm -hmm. Uh, rogues are superior sorry Um, and cross trained into warlocks so at the end of the campaign. Uh, she was a rogue warlock. I like that. warlock. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. What type of rogue was... Arcane trickster. Okay, that that fits. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, so talk about her stats. Now, I just want everybody to know, for those of you that aren't sitting in the room with us, which is everybody, she's got four <laughs> character sheets. So there's... I've played this character for three years. <laughs> so this is four different versions of this. So we're going to step through some of it. So talk to me about her stats. Like, what was she good at? Oh, well, dex. Um, I I was fortunate to get her dex up to 20, like, early. Like, right. Dumb early in the game. Um, and, again, like, Farron was the character that I, I would say I started playing D&D with. This is my first campaign. Um, my longest campaign, my my longest, nearest, dearest character to my heart. Um, but I, ha- I really had no idea how to how to really play or how to develop a character when right. I started her. Um, so there's a couple things that are just strange. Like she um, she's a rogue. She has very high dex, of course, twenty. Um, everything else is just not really that great. Right. Um, there was a moment in the game when. Um, a deck of many things was introduced. Yeah, you're. I, yep, yep, I see your face. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was great because um, she like gained a level instantly, um, and then lost like three intelligence points instantly. So it was like one of those things where she was really good at what she did, but was like a little shit about it, and not because she was a little shit, because she was a little shit, but like. She just didn't know better. Right. She didn't have like the 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 wherewithal to 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 do better. So. Got it. Got <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um. So it, if if you kind of came up on her, um, give me a physical kind of description. We said she was more like anime, anime cat, cat girl. girl. Yeah, like um, like what's her name? Kali from League of Legends. Right. She's like a cat girl. Like she's cute. She's cute. Um. So like in in my mind yep. she looks like cat from Breath of Fire 2. Back <laughs> 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 Breath of Fire. Um Hey just so everybody knows we'll go ahead and put links up to Breath of Fire 2 yeah, for the I'll rest of you. Yeah, pictures. Right? This is kind of what she looks like. Okay. Um I just imagine her with like darker coloring because her stealth was just like just ridiculous. I, I god, where did she end on stealth? By the time he ended the campaign, again, level 19, um, her stealth was a plus 17. So, like, I just 
just didn't exist. I was going to say, plan. do you even roll at that point? Uh, like, yeah, like just, uh, I stealth. Even people in your Trust party me. are looking around for you. Like, is she still oh, with yeah. us? <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, about her backstory. Like, where did she come from? So, again, not knowing too much about sure. D&D when I first started, um, like, Tabaxi come from Tabaxi land. And I was like... Feels like somebody phoned that one in. Yeah, I'm like, that kind of seems like diminutive. <laughs> tabaxi land, okay. Um, so she was um part of a tribe of Tabaxi in Tabaxi land. Um, was the the daughter of the chief. Um, there was like a hostile takeover, and um, she was supposed to marry like the the new leader, and was like she was like. Tabaxi come like age at like 16, 16 years old, and was like, no, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> nah. So she like hitched some ride with some pirates and like started, you know, being a rogue. And um, then ran into her dear friend Whistle, who's a Kenku. Um, when Whistle saved her from um, getting like hang drawn and quartered uh after being caught for like cheating or you know do, being, being a doing rogue, roguey stuff doing rogue stuff <laughs> um so much like chewy and han owed her a life debt and decided to follow her around in, in in whistle's quest and then eventually meeting up with the party that we came to know as the party <laughs> as the wings of fortune very i was gonna ask do they have yep. a name yes. yep. three oh, years remember <laughs> we're coming to that point yeah <laughs> yep nice we'll get two ahead two of ourselves um yeah so uh just kind of you know being being a uh just fully grown tabaxi um traveling the world with whistle who's also a rogue right um joining up with this party you know more so for shits and gigs right um very chaotic neutral character you can't see this but i am wearing my chaotic neutral shirt <laughs> I, um, I like to keep i like to keep all my options on the table yes yeah and fair very much was you know um at, at first just very like a nonchalant about being in the party didn't really have any bonds didn't really have any um any cares right. you know was always trying to 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 get one over on someone um which is like a far cry from where she ended up where the leader of our party, who was a bard cleric, ends up dying. So it's like, oh my god, y'all, like three years. I was gonna <laughs> and say this character dies. Who like and like shout out to my friend David. David played uh, Lewin, his bard, like just perfectly. But he was the heart and soul of our party and led our party and and was the very much the leader. Um, when he died, Farron, being the little shit that she was, was like, well, I'm the strongest. Because remember, she got that free level. Right. On. I'm the strongest. I'm the fastest. I'm I'm the smartest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should be a leader. And everyone's like, okay. Until she actually had to be leader. Right. And, and ended up, you know, with this burden and responsibility of, of then saving the world from chromatic dragons and was a nightmare but like the character development i was gonna um, say like that's yeah. that's real character development that, yeah that touches me i love it i love it um awesome so let's talk a little bit about kind of play style so you said that she was she could be a little would it be do you call it arrogance yeah or? yeah very much like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna whoop you because i'm 
again, fast and strong. Right. Um, me as a as a as a person, um, melee all the way. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and like again, it just becomes really like funny that she's an arcane trickster rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I never wanted to play magic, um, but at the time we had three rogues in the party. That's a lot of rogues for a party. Shout out to Justin, my DM, because he bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> Three rogues in the party. Um, but there, there was you know there was already a thief, there was already an assassin, so I kind of like fell into this arcane trickster role. Um, right. But it, her fascination with magic, and again, like Breath of Fire two. Um, <laughs> The character Cat that she is based off of in my mind um, learns magic early on in the game, but you can't use it because she doesn't have enough MP. Right. So it's like this thing where she's like, I want to learn magic, but she can't use it. That was very much fair in, in the game where she had magic, but didn't quite know how to use it. Right. And that was Tina didn't really know how to use it. I was gonna say. <laughs> Sometimes player knowledge and character knowledge are the same thing. It sure is. Um, so yeah, I like to bop people, um, and 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 rogues are superior because we have sneak damage. It's just like there's nothing that can beat that. Like oh god, roll an extra seven d six. Like yeah, get out of here. At, not, at level nineteen, I can just that's yeah, oh, ungodly ridiculous. Ugly. And then and then just imagine I had warlocks mites on top of that i was gonna like, say like where did she take the level of warlock like <laughs> i love it when the explanation starts that way yeah and, and so again like arcane trickster didn't know how to use her magic but was like always just interested in it because she saw like we had another warlock in the party and and he was just always just murking people and then she's like yo yeah i want that right so i took on the feet magic initiate um sort of like halfway in the campaign to learn some some magic and that goes along with the whole like well i want to learn magic and then there came a time we were in in the tomb of annihilation uh running kind of that part of the campaign and um she got the opportunity to um uh play around with uh moa the the snake trickster snake god yes and after we left the tomb he was like Hey girl, you want magic like all the time? And she was like, "Hell yeah!" So <laughs> was able to then become warlock all times. And um, Hexblade had just come out. Yes, yeah, so that was, was oh man, like and Hexblade is just fixed everything I think that was wrong with Warlock, and not that there was that much, but like. Having, having like you know your your packed weapon and and yeah. smites and and it was just like bopping people with magic, right? And right. like <laughs> from the shadows sometimes, but also like in your face because she didn't know you there. Um, so having that that was kind of like how she got her, her magic. And, yeah, and yeah. Then I liked playing it because again. I don't know how the magic works, but with Warlock, you only have two spell slots. Like, you can really only, <laughs> only do so, so much. much. <laughs> um, so, again, like, I love I love rogues because me, as a person, doesn't like playing magic. I like to just melee. And then 
being a warlock where it's like, okay, you can kind of have magic, but you can also do really cool stuff and you can just bop people. Right. And <laughs> um, so that, that really worked for me. And I still think that like this combination is, is always the best. Um, and yeah, so I would, I would always just um, try to bop from the shadows. Nice. Play style. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot that warlock does not mix well with so i'm convinced that it it is like a secondary class like it it, sorry to all the warlock players out there but like eh, you know it's it's okay but then you pair it with like uh rogue or like ranger like there's just so much really cool stuff you can do especially with hexblade oh yeah 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 yeah. i know you've really been enjoying playing that character but do you need an arcane sugar daddy (laughs) yes i do yeah yeah I love it. So, um, so like I said, we've got four versions of her. Um, let's start with like kind of like the first version of her. Where do you, where would you see her fitting in as an NPC somewhere? In a back alley, like you need some information. Like um, this Tabaxi girl who's going to charge you way too much for the information that she collected um, might like try to rob you as she's getting paid for helping you like, sure that's, <laughs> that's... <laughs> very rogue very very chaotic neutral very like i'm gonna get as much out of this job as i can oh yeah yeah, yeah. and and then and then is only gonna like pay her cohort like a quarter of what she got so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i thought we were getting 10 i know it's crazy we yeah, only got five wild. here's your half <laughs> you know, meanwhile she stole like an extra 20 on top of that yeah. so <laughs> i love it uh, and we definitely talked about character progression so more towards oh, yeah. the end um so more towards the end um she you know found her her her, her voice and found her um role i guess in, in the world yeah um, was still like i would say like uh i, I did end up being chaotic good at the end i I noticed that i forgot that yeah she did end up you know being more so chaotic good right um more so like well yeah okay we're war criminals but like we had a good reason to be that that's the ends justify the means type yeah um so maybe like a disgruntled government consultant sure uh, would be she you know you would go to see Farron about like hey minister so-and-so like gave us this mission like should we should we do this and then she'd be like no he's a piece of shit he tried to imprison my my boyfriend and and, and tried to say that we were war criminals <laughs> which we were but we were totally justified in being war criminals fuck that guy like so right. um, <laughs> yeah Farron's like 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 got a medal from the government for saving the world but like hates it (laughs) (laughs) she she even sounds like a teenager i mean that's just the experience that i've had yeah 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 that's just the medal that the king gave me yeah he was an (laughs) asshole about it (laughs) had to wait for like 20 minutes it was just that's yeah that's definitely how i see her being just the the character in the corner that's like rolling their eyes like aren't you part of this government <sighs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Hero of the realm. <laughs> Hero of the realm. <laughs> My actual title is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. I love her. She sounds absolutely fantastic. That has been Farron. Farron Woods and Twilight. Farron uh, Woods of her, her tribe. Her tribe, names. right? 
something Zelda related. Uh, <laughs> I always love when our geekdom pulls from like other geekdom too. Oh, yeah. I, I all of my D and D characters are named after um, regions in Breath of the Wild. That's fantastic. So Zelda. I have a Farin. I have an Akala. I have a Lineru. I have a Hebra. 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 Uh, I had a, a, a Gerudo. Carusa Gerudo was all like a place name and Zelda reference. So all of my D&D characters are Zelda themed because of Farron. So. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome, Thank guys. Thank you for letting me talk about it. Of course. <laughs> I, yeah, please. <laughs> so if you need to have a rogue NPC in your uh, adventure. Rogue warlock. I'm sorry. Rogue <laughs> warlock. Um, maybe she will guide some of your players to her arcane sugar daddy. And uh, there you go. Farron Woods and Twilight. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for sticking around and listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, let me ask you a favor. Follow us and leave us a like wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out. And if you have anything to say back to us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for The Dapper Meeple. On Twitter, our handle is at The Dapper Meeple, or email us at dappermeeplegaming at gmail.com. And as always, we'll save you a seat at the table. <laughs>